so sorry. I'm so blessed to be here uh, in the house of God. I'd like to do something uh, maybe unusual. And I know to ask, ask what I'm about to ask you. I don't want anybody to be offended or feel bad. Because I know people can get offended when you ask them what I'm about to ask you. But just tell somebody I will not be offended. Can you tell somebody? Okay. I'm going to ask you all to leave your place and come closer. Come. Run. Come closer. There's a lot of room here. Come on. I want to be up close. Yes. Yeah, come closer. Sit up front. Yes. 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 Come sit up here. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, yeah, that's good. Give give yourself a hand. Come on, as you're coming up. There's a lot of room up here. Come on. Don't worry, I'm not going to catch you. Hallelujah. I just so I already feel so. I feel such a warm. I feel such a warm welcome here. I feel the presence of God so strong. I feel the love in this house. Uh, and I know that God has something for us. Hallelujah. I don't, I might not have the goods, but the one who supplies the goods, he's here. Hallelujah. So even if the boat is empty, don't worry. There's a ship just off the bay and we're going to load up our boats. Hallelujah. And we're going to bring them home. Praise God, because God is in the house. And when he's in the house, something is going to change. I said, something is going to change. Uh, my wife, Pastor Margaret, and I, I'll just give you a little uh, brief before she comes up. Uh, we have returned from East uh, Europe, from Scandinavia, Schengen Nations. And we were there in, we started our journey with Finland in the Laplands. We were there in minus 45 degrees Celsius just before we got there. And I had believed God that it would warm up a little bit. And so it did warm up, went down to minus 30. <laughs> <laughs> and we were there. But, you know, uh, traveling through that place, uh, I tell you, we felt like, if not Santa Claus, at least astronauts. Come on. I mean, it was like a straight jacket. You got three, four layers inside and then two warm jackets, Columbia jackets outside, and then boots. My boots were like about almost two kilograms each, you know. And uh, you can imagine what happens. You know, you don't want a frostbite. You don't want you know, to lose any part of your body because it's so cold there. And even just a few minutes outside can actually stop your heart. You know, but God is good. He's faithful. Uh, a friend of told me this is a Mine told me this is a suicide mission. He said, why do you want to go kill yourself? I'm a, you know, in the, in the, among the chosen frozen. Come on, somebody. I said, the land might be chosen frozen, but the hearts that are burning with fire. Hallelujah. We can't judge people based on their geographical or natural circumstances. And, and we can love them for being so strong and coming out to the house of God in spite of age, 
in spite of situations, in spite of family crisis, in spite of sicknesses and disease, and, you know, in spite of everything that they come out and worship God, I think there is no miracle bigger than that. Hallelujah. The gathering of the family together. Hallelujah. It's like when the mama says, come home, dinner's ready. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God is so good. I'm very thankful to our dear pastor, Reverend Hiram and sister Claudia. Cla Laurie, sorry. Claudio is the last name. Uh, sister Laurie and all of you. God is in the house. So we went to Finland. They went through the Laplands. Uh, we went through Helsinki. And uh, somebody uh, asked me, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine in spite of Helsinki. Hallelujah. We went there to speak at the, at the television station there. And we recorded about four episodes. And then we went into the prayer conference, which is in Laplands. It's actually about 12 hours train from uh, from Helsinki up to Kolari. And the word Kolari means uh, an automobile accident. That's what it means. It means a collision. Come on. People are very practical. Like the American Indians, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll name their kids by, by something very practical. Okay, so they know every 30 minutes there's a shovel truck going on the road. Sometimes every 15 minutes, depending on how cold it is. And, uh, but we were there. And hundreds of people were flocking from all over Scandinavia into those meetings. I mean, the snow was higher uh, around the cars than the size, the height of the cars were. And we saw, we, I, I tell you, but it's, it's fun to see God move, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in India, whether it's in the Scandinavia, whether it's in the Laplands, uh, where the Sami people live, the tribal people live, you know, the Sami tribes, and just to see them worshiping God. I think one thing will be very exciting for me in heaven is going to be part of that great celestial worship. Hallelujah. And somebody said, what language are they going to see, speak there? And, and and I said, probably finished, because on the cross, Jesus said it is finished. <laughs> uh, but I think there's a language even greater than that, and it's the language of love. Love transcends and goes beyond every language. Hallelujah. So from there, we went to Poland. My wife got sick because of the cold, severe cold, congestion. And we had to, you know, kind of skip a couple of meetings here and there. Uh, even in Poland, we went to the Lublin. Lublin, the, we went, saw the concentration camps where the 1.5 million Jews were exterminated in that one particular camp. And I don't know how people can say that this is all fabricated. We stood in those places. We heard in the spirit the cries as they... As they went, you know, they're stripped of their clothes, stripped of their hair, stripped of their respect. Come on. And walking through the frozen, the frigid, minus 30 degree temperature into the cold bath, the showers that, that they were subjected to. And from there into the guest chambers. Uh, we stood there and heard the cries, the pain of God's people. Let me tell you something. 
This salvation is free, but it is not cheap. Because to get to this point, there have been a lot of sacrifices made. Hallelujah. I mean, think about what God's people suffered in years to come. And, and think about what Jesus went through. And I was looking at the crown of thorns, how beautiful it looks. But don't try it on your head. Come on. I said, don't try it on your head. Then you'll get a little picture of what Jesus went through on the cross. We went through Lublin and then through Warsaw. And I asked, why Warsaw? Why, why is the name Warsaw? And they said, because all they saw for the last 200 years is wars, killings, murders. You know, people have been through pain. So you can't just, you know, just hold on to some little thing that you are, you know, taking care of a little wound that you, you kind of always, you know, just want to feel. And that, that little wound in your life wants to make you feel comfortable. Okay. You know, okay, everything's going to be okay. Everything, we have no idea what people have gone through. And that's why we need to be so thankful because we are better than millions of people in the world. Hallelujah. That we can praise God, worship God. And today, of your own accord, you can come to church. From there, we went to different churches in, in, in Poland. And from Poland, we came to Norway, where we were speaking, scheduled to speak at a television station, a Christian television station. And uh, we were there for almost two weeks over there, or more than two weeks. Anyhow, God did amazing things. And uh, the, the director, uh, sorry, the broadcaster of one of those programs and the manager of the guest house and the farms and everything, he told us these were, he said, over a hundred and 100,000 people have responded so far. He said, uh, or they have been touched, something like that. And he said, people have uh, shared how they were healed, they were set free, miracles happen in their body, in their homes, in their families, and, and they are sending in the reports. So this is what happened there. But in every meeting, there was always some highlight where God touched somebody's life and brought joy where there had been sorrow. So we live by faith, we travel by faith, and God has never let us go. He has never let go of our hand. Come on. Always strengthens us, always blessed us, always provide for us. So we come here not for money. We don't come here for any other interest or any agenda. We come here to pour what God has poured into us. Hallelujah. And I have learned the secret of receiving from God is when you give, you receive. Hallelujah. And the more I pour out, the, the more God pours back into me. So without any further ado, I'd like to call my, my partner. Uh, I was gonna, not partner in crime, okay? My, my partner in faith, my wife of 36 years. We have served God together. We have cried together, wept together, laughed together, and raised our kids in the fear of God. And all our three kids are married. Our daughter and two sons, they're twins. They're all married. And our grandson, uh, one of, only one grandson, and, and he's quite a fellow. Come on. Uh, he's just six months old. Hallelujah. And he's doing all kinds of things to make us laugh. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. The presence of the Lord is very strong in this place. And how many of you are happy this morning? Oh, 
If you are happy, just raise your hands and say, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus." Because the King is in the house, and He's moving amongst our midst, and He's going to touch each and every one of you today in a very special way, because you are very precious to Him, and that's the beauty of our Lord. Amen. And uh, Mark chapter five and verses twenty-four to thirty-four, we see in that passage. It's a very familiar uh, story about a woman with the issue of blood, and. What touched me the most is like there was so much crowd following Jesus, and the lady had suffered for twelve years. Maybe she was so weak, she was rejected. Nobody wanted her, and maybe she had no strength even to move. But that day, she said, and she made up her mind, and she said that today is my day. Today, I'm going to receive my miracle, because she said, and she made. Her, up her mind and said that today is my day. Today is my day, and she knew that she knew in her heart that when I touched the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And it was hard for her because she was very weak. She was so weak, but she said, "No matter what people say, I'm not going to look at anyone, but I am going to press in." So she pressed in through the crowd. She pressed in way uh, through the crowd and made her way where Jesus was, and and we all know the story. She said that Lord, even if I just touch the hem of your garment, I will be made whole. So this morning we are going to press in. We are going to press in and say, Jesus, Jesus, I know that I know that I know in my heart that today is my day. And as she said in her heart that Satan, enough is enough. So the enemy is not going to hold you down. He's not going to hold you down anymore. But it's your decision. And says Satan, it's enough. And you press in. You press in and touch the hem of his garment today, because Jesus is moving. He's in our midst, and he's going to touch you. He's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you, no matter what you're going through, because he is in the house. And a God, he, he's not a respecter of any man. And that's the beauty of the Lord. I love that because He's not a respecter of any man. This morning, His eyes are fixed on you. This morning, your His eyes are fixed on you. And no matter whatever you're going through, your breakthrough is here this morning. So receive your miracle. So receive your miracle from the throne room of grace. So receive your miracle. You receive your miracle in Jesus' mighty name, because the King is in the house. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, the name above every other name, O God, the name above every other name, O God, the name above every other name, O God. Before the matchless name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, Father, this morning. 
we confess oh god we confess oh lord and we make a bold declaration we make a bold declaration we make a bold declaration this morning that you are the lord and master you are the lord and master over our lives oh god you are the lord and master over our families oh god father this morning we thank you that you are restoring your children oh god you are restoring your people oh god whatever for the locust and the canker worm has eaten lord you are going to restore everything oh god father where healing is needed heal your children oh god where deliverance is needed deliver oh god father we pray god lord that restore families this morning oh god restore families this morning oh god because you're a god of restoration father we are praying in jesus mighty name oh god let marriages be healed in the mighty name name of Jesus father we pray in the mighty name of Jesus lord that we call forth for our young people oh god we call them back oh god we call them from the east we call them from the west oh god we call them from the north and the south oh god and we say lord that they're coming they are coming back oh god they are coming back in your house oh god they are coming back home oh god father we thank you lord that every spirit of oh god that holds your people down breaks this morning in jesus mighty name oh god every chain every shackle breaks in jesus mighty name father we thank you lord that you're healing your children oh god you're healing your children oh god father we thank you lord that no more the torture of the mind oh god no more the torture of the mind oh god we bind every spirit of suicide in jesus name every spirit of depression leaves your people oh god in the name of jesus father we thank you lord we claim our miracles oh god so no matter what you're asking the lord today just reach out to him just touch him and say lord i receive my miracle i receive my miracle just say lord i receive my miracle for myself for my family for my loved ones for my friends father we thank you that you're moving lord we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you for your faithfulness oh god oh father to your children oh god father we thank you that every spirit of rejection is breaking now in jesus mighty name and we thank you lord for your love your joy your peace oh god is reigning and ruling in the hearts of your people and we thank you for the breakthrough we love you lord and we honor you we lift you on high master to you we give all glory honor and praise now receive it in jesus matchless name we pray amen and amen thank you jesus thank you lord the gospel according to st luke chapter 4 let me give me just a little bit more oh yes and it says here starting verse 14 and jesus returned in the power of the spirit into galilee you know when you coming back home you better be full of the holy ghost because people know people know you 
They saw you when you were running around in flip-flops and shorts. Come on. They, they, knew, they knew you when you were doing crazy things. So you can be anybody anywhere else, but coming home, you better got the Holy Ghost. Come on. I said, you better got the Holy Ghost coming back home because people know you a little more than everywhere else. Full of the Holy Spirit, he comes back into Galilee. And he taught at the synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth. Mm. Now it's getting it close. Where he had been brought up. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He was a little town boy. That's where he grew up. That's where mama used to be. That's where Joseph used to be, doing all the carpentry, joining things, you know, making things. He saw all of that. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As his custom was, you know, there are some good customs in our life that we need to keep. Not everything is outdated. I said not everything is outdated. We need some good customs in our life. Because nature abhors a vacuum. When you got vacuum in your life and nothing to live for and no customs in your life and you know nothing that you can say okay I did this last year. We had we had we had communion together. I did this last month. You know, we went out and kept together and prayed together. You know, when you cannot look back and see any milestone, that means you are out there in the boondocks in the middle of nowhere and you have no destination to get to. How close you are getting to your destination, you know by looking back at the milestones. Because even if you don't see the signs, you know you're getting closer because that sign at the back you saw three months ago, the sign before that you saw six months ago, oh yes, I might be closer. Now if you're in the desert, don't try to look for a, uh, look at a sand dune for a, for a milestone. Because today the sand dune is here. And overnight it can move with a big storm and that sand dune is not there. Look for a tree because that's a good milestone in your life. Look for a building. That's a good milestone in your life. Don't look at sand dunes or their height or their power and strength. I've been many times to Middle East, helped to start many churches there. But I saw something. We went over sand dunes in a safari. And this Land Rover, what they do is they, they, they take off the air pressure and make it very low so it becomes like the padded feet of the camel. So the car doesn't go into the sand. So that's only a tire pressure of maybe 20 or something like that or 15 in every tire. So it kind of in the way it gets kind of padded. And, and the vehicle can go over sometimes as high as 600 feet 
and then come down at full speed. It's like a roller coaster ride and people are screaming on top of their voices because they don't know if they're going to live or die the next minute. It's fun to be over the sand dune, but it's no fun to be under the sand dune. Don't let things bury you. Come on. That's why, you know, when we go through a tunnel in life, we don't build a house there. When you go through grief, and God showed me there's somebody here, you've been through grief recently. There's grieving. There's pain. But don't live in the grief. Don't make your house inside that grief. Come on. Don't go camp for the rest of your life in the cemetery. I, I lost my sister four or five days ago. My only living sister. She was a minister in India. And I'm in Scandinavia and we got to fly. We got meetings here. We got with Pastor Hiram, uh, who was introduced to me, a great man of God, and Sister Laura, and introduced to me by my dear friend, Pastor Cecil, from one church. Now we have to come here. But at the same time, there's a big family there in India that wants me to be there at the funeral. And I explained to them, I won't be here. I have to go. I have to go because your purpose calls you. If you are people of purpose, you move by the calling of God. You don't live in the midst of your sorrow all the time. You learn to come out. You learn to get out of the tunnel. You learn to climb over the mountain. Come on. You learn to get out of that situation. And you learn to keep pressing forward for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, yesterday I believe it was that God gave me a word. And the word was, God is breaking the spirit of misery from the life of believers. A lot of people are living miserable lives. Because they drag that dead horse with them everywhere they go. Come on, somebody talk to me. Whether Johnny was good, he had four legs, come on. But the Johnny, that little Johnny, that horse that you raised from a little baby, is not a horse anymore. Those legs don't work anymore. He's not going to carry you anywhere. He's not going to be a faithful friend to you anymore. He's heavier than 10 bags of 100 kilogram bags of potatoes. Come on. Don't try to drag it behind you because you're not getting anywhere. So we learn to break free from the spirit of depression, oppression, bondage, and come out on the sunny side and get victory in our personal lives. Nothing's going to bury me. Turn to somebody and say, nothing's going to bury me. You know, somebody asked me, where would you like your tomb to be made when you die? I said, what do you mean? He said, tell me, where would you like your tomb to be made? I said, you know what? I already did my funeral a long time ago. When I came to Jesus, come on. I did my funeral. Hallelujah. 
Stephen George, with all of his desires and passions and this and that and the other, is dead long time ago. Come on. Woo! And don't look for the living among the dead. And God is telling us we need to push on and press on and become a blessing to somebody. Because there are those that are living that need your help. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, passing by a cemetery, one time I asked, I said, how many things uh, might be uh, here, the dead here? And somebody said, like about maybe 75 in this. I don't know exactly. I said, no. He said, how many? I said, all of them. I said, all of them are dead over there. Are you listening to me? And then they asked me, why do you think they make fences around these cemeteries? I said, because they are dying to get in. <laughs> are you listening to me? See, I'm, I might sound a little harsh, but I'm breaking down some things that are connecting you to your past and not to your future. There are some things that are connecting you to past experiences, sorrowful experiences, bitter experiences, and you are not getting out of it. And God is saying, I'm breaking those demonic strongholds. I want my sons and daughters to rise up and do powerful things in this world. Hallelujah. Somebody said these words, all men die, but very few really ever live. I will repeat that. All men die. All women die. Everybody dies. But few people really ever live. Hallelujah. And these are champions. Hallelujah. I said these are champions. Those who have decided to bury their past and move on with the king of the resurrection. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. If Jesus died on the cross, rose up again. Come on, and then go back into the grave. He didn't say, that was a nice tomb. Mama Mary, can we build a little apartment over there? Are you listening to me? Come on. When he rose up again, that was it. He was never going back again there. He had a mission to fulfill. Oh God, even pre-Calvary and even post-resurrection, he had a work to be done. You got grandchildren that need to get saved. You got sons and daughters who are suffering. Come on. You got children on alcohol and drugs and things like that. Come on. And you got to break that spirit in Jesus name because dead people don't help anybody. Are y'all listening to me? Well, if I am Making you upset because of my words, which is truth. Come on. Then I want you to go back home and eat two more pancakes. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, my breakthrough is here. Say, my breakthrough is here. Come on. I'm more than a champion in through Christ. I'm more than a champion. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to break every stronghold of Satan and I'm going to rise up and do the will of God and I'm going to heal the sick. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to cast out some devils. Honey, you better do it now because there will be no demons to cast out in heaven. Come on. 
I said, you better do it now because there will not be no sick to heal in heaven. And if you go to wipe somebody's tears, wipe them now because in heaven, he himself will wipe away all our tears. There is a plan that God has for you. Why you are in this room? Why am I in this room this day? Why are we sitting together? And why am I speaking these words? There is a divine purpose behind all of that. Because you have no idea. My wife says that to my grandson. You have no idea. And he's like six months old. I don't know what he understands. And he goes like. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said you have no idea. What God has for you. Hallelujah. Woo. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. But this is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to be glad in it. Hallelujah. Because I'm finding my slot. Hallelujah. I'm finding my slot. I'm finding my purpose. In this world. And the spirit of misery. Does not live inside of me. I said the spirit, spirit of misery. And the Holy Spirit are not very good neighbors. I used to fly little planes and there are two words in avionics, in aviation. One is called lift and the other is called drag. So if you don't have that lift, if you don't have that power of the engines, come on somebody, to lift you up eight times stronger and bigger than the power of gravitation, then you got everything to drag you down. And there's a whole lot of things that is going to drag you down if there is nothing to lift you up. Never ask anybody how you're doing today. Because they might hold you 45 minutes. Come on, somebody. And try to tell you a 45-year-old long story in the next 45 minutes. Hallelujah. And how do you know who they are? This is what they say. This is their signature. To make the long story short, I will say this. But, but the story is never made short. Come on. Are you all listening to me? Now, when I meet those people who tell me I'm going to make the long story short, I said, can you excuse me? Because I've got an appointment. I've got to do something. And we're going to meet another day. And then you can make the long story short. But make sure you've done it before we meet. Come on. And I hope now nobody's here in this room that is trying to make the long story short. Ooh. There's a fire in this house. Jesus comes back to Nazareth. Are you happy? I said, Jesus comes back to Nazareth where he was raised, where everybody knew where his sisters were married, where everybody knew. You know, it's like the small town talk. Are you, are you with me? Come on. Everybody know what your neighbor is cooking today. Come on. And they better say, they always send people to find out what happened. Who was that person in that blue car that came this morning to your house? Because everybody knows everything about everyone. Because they got nothing else to do. 
Why did the man cross the river five times in a day? Because he had nothing else to do all day. Come on. So he said, let me just go back and forth, back and forth five times. Because the last time I did it four times. Let me feel a little better doing it the fifth time today. Come on. Ooh, I'm going to break my own record. Come on. He came, he came and as his custom was, he took the scriptures in his hand. Incidentally, not accidentally, certainly, but by divine plan, he picks up what we call Isaiah chapter 61. And he begins to read it. Ooh, I feel the fire of God. And he began to read the scripture where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What kind of oil has God anointed you with? I hope it's not certainly gasoline. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. A lot of people pour gasoline on themselves and roam around with a matchbox. Come on. Say one word to me and I'm going to burn myself. You see, these are spiritual warfare things that Satan inflicts on your soul to destroy you. Some people are always at the edge. They're always, you can't say anything to them. Shake somebody's hands and they say, why did he shake my hand today? Don't shake the hand and they say, the pastor is very proud. Don't hug somebody and say, he's avoiding me. Hug somebody and they say, yes, he violated me. Now, how do you make the world happy? Come on. There is no way you can make anybody happy in this world. The only way you can make people happy is to bring God into their lives. Hallelujah. Because... Ooh. Hallelujah. When you bring God into their lives and they find their purpose, it's not like a square peg, come on, in a round hole or vice versa. No, you find what you were made for. I don't worship God. I don't serve God because, because that's the last thing I can do. I do this because this is the best thing I can do. There is an anointing in the house. Hallelujah. And God is bringing you, reeling you back into purpose. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me with what? Hmm? He has anointed me with the Holy Spirit. If you read Isaiah, uh, sorry, uh, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 37, 38, it says, And you know that news that spread throughout all Galilee, Judea, Samaria, and all over how God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and, and might and power. And he went about doing what? He went about? Doing good. He's not just a do-gooder. Come on. No. He does good naturally. It flows out of everything that he does. 
You see somebody stopping his car and helping an elderly person to cross the road? Nobody asked him. And nobody might even thank him for it. Well, why is he doing it? Because that's who he is. If that's how you are, that's your makeup, that's your DNA. And you're going to bring a revival. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're not trying to show the town. Okay, look what I do, so give me votes. No, it flows out of your inner being. Hallelujah. As his custom was. His custom was to help people. His custom was to bless people. His custom was to speak the word of God. His custom was to heal the sick. Come on. His custom was to lift people out of the abyss. Hallelujah. Into the purposes of God. And I believe this day. There's somebody in this room that is listening to me. There is a divine purpose. Stop going in circles. Come on, somebody. Stop going in circles. Stop and think and say, what has God anointed me for? Don't follow the crowd unless the crowd is following Jesus. Are you listening to me? I said, don't you follow the crowd unless the crowd is following Jesus. Don't just go behind the crowd and say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how the parades get bigger and bigger. Come on. Because too many people with nothing to do. Hey, what, what are you saying? I don't know. Go ask the people in front. Come on. <laughs> what are you protesting about? Don't know. Go ask them. Come on. I just joined the parade because I had nothing better to do. Finding purpose, stopping where you are, seeking the face of God, not just the hand of God. Give me, give me, Lord, my name is Jimmy. Hello? But stopping and finding what God has made me, what he's going to use me for. There are some things that God has kept for you that only you can do. Everybody else will be a misfit to accomplish what you were called for. I was flying to Philadelphia one time, and I remember, anyway, my story goes like this, you know. I was born in the pastor's family, and uh, I came to the Lord at 8, at sorry, at 12. Jesus touched my life, changed my life, took water baptism, and after that, for the next six years, I was on a slide. Come on. I was struggling. I fought my flesh, I fought the temptations, and for the next eight, six years, I was, I was struggling, 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 until one day I decided to take my life. I was only 18 years old, and I went to this well near my house in the mountains in India and wanted to kill myself, jump inside the 200 feet deep well and, and take my life. And I stood there this late evening, early night time. It was dark. And as I stood there, I said, tomorrow they'll find my body. But as I stood there, a voice came to me. And the voice said, before you were born in this world, I have chosen you. I have chosen you to be my servant, my prophet, to the nations of the world. Come on. And that turned me around. Hallelujah. 
Woo. God made me do 180. Come on, somebody help me. Come on. I said, God made me do 180. I went to every person whose, whose faces I had punched in, every person that I had hurt and hit, every person that I needed to apologize because I had such an angry spirit within me. I would not, it's like I could not love God and I could not forgive my parents even though they were the best of parents. Come on. I always thought everybody had failed me, including God. But that night, something changed. So, and then I started ministering the word of God. And, and God has been so good to us. Come on. I still remember that God provided for me. Always, always. And from small meetings. Sometimes riding, you know, 20, 30 kilometers on a bicycle. Preaching the gospel. All I had was my little food, lunch pack. That my mother would give me. And I'd come back home preaching. Reaching out to people. People would get healed. People would come to Jesus. Many times I got persecuted. I've been shot at. I've been beaten. I've been locked up. I've been isolated. I've been rejected. I've been there. Done that. Bought a t-shirt. Come on somebody. Are you all with me? But I don't live in misery. Hallelujah. I said, I don't live in misery. Hallelujah. Woo! All that is over. All that is over. I'm looking forward for the great things. Greater things that God has. Woo! I feel the fire. Okay. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. So I was telling you I was flying to Philadelphia. And I was reading my Bible. My little green Gideon's New Testament. And a couple walked in. And they needed to sit. And I was right in the middle seat. So I moved to the side. I said I would like you all to sit together. Because they were husband and wife. I sat on the side. Kept reading my little green New Testament. Gideon's International New Testament. And the lady said. She said, that's a good book. I said, depends on who you meet. And some people just hate me because of this book. Come on. Some people cuss me out. Come on. Because I'm reading this book. She said, this time you found friends. Began to talk and she said, what is your passion? I said, my passion is the youth. I want to bring back every young person from the pits of hell. Come on, somebody. Into the kingdom of God. And I told her how God had used us. How God had used my wife and I. That we were able to touch the lives of thousands of young people. In the universities and colleges in India. And these were from different parts of Africa. African nations. And because of that there's a fellowship there. In, in so many cities. All over Africa. Where these sons and daughters of ours have become great ministers. Come on. They are in government. They are commissioners. They are political ministers. They are ambassadors, some of them. And some of them are pastors and bishops over many, many churches. Hallelujah. And I'm just sharing all of that, you know, how God has done all of that. And I've been, been to different places and universities and schools and colleges. And, and she said, wow, we got them all. Would you come to us? And never say yes to suddenly. Are you all with me? I said, uh, who are, are they? I said, I'd love to come. I've got two days free. She said, yes. 
She said, we are in upstate New York, in near Binghamton. It's called Oneonta. Anybody heard that? Okay, I'm glad you are in this area, so you know what I'm talking about. She said, it's, called, it's a juvenile facility where all these criminal kids that are from New York, Brooklyn, Bronx, everywhere, they are brought there. And she said, we got them all. She said, come, come and minister to them. And I said, yes. Then she said, there's one problem. The director won't let anybody in. He hates pastors. Come on. So I said, okay, what do we do? I said, let's do this. I will come to your house. I will stay in your house. And we will fast and pray for two days. Let God open the door. And I remember, you know, I'm just trying to say everything quickly. I got into that place after two days. When I walked inside, that big man. Woo! I think he must have been the senior brother of Pastor Hiram. Hallelujah. He looked at me. And he put his arms out like that. And he ran toward me. I said, man, he's going to kill me today. I said, this is it, Stephen George. Repent of every sin you might have done. Because you are about to meet your maker. Come on. Are you listening to me? <laughs> he came in, but he gave me a big old bear hug. And he, and he pressed myself into his chest. Hallelujah. And he said, brother, welcome. When he used that word brother, something within me broke. That fear broke. Hallelujah. And I knew I was home. Hallelujah. There were more than 100 kids over there. And he said to me, do not go alone. Go with the guards. Because these guys can crack your neck and kill you in two minutes time. He said, they're, they're, they're old-time drug dealers and all kinds of criminals. He said, but I know God has brought you for a purpose. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I don't even know if he's a believer or not because he kept all churches out. All those years. But we got in. And with this lady. Who was the chief psychologist. We were able to get in. And minister to all these kids. By the time I got out. You know they were hanging on to my neck. To putting their heads on my shoulders. And weeping. And said why didn't you come earlier. Why did we have to land in this jail. Why did we have to be here. I said you know what. Thank God you are not in the cemetery. I said, the Bible says where there is life, there is hope. Hallelujah. I said, you'll be out of this place and you'll be able to rebuild your life and your whole life will change. I didn't know what I was asking for because when I said to them, you all can call me collect. I used to pray hard, fast and pray to pay my telephone bill. Come on. Because almost like $3 a minute. Come on. And these boys won't hang up. Are you listening to me? They won't hang up because there are so many things to tell me. Ask me to pray for. But do whatever God dishes out to you. Eat it. Come on. I said whatever God dishes out to you, eat it gratefully. Thankfully. Because in that place, in that circumstance, you are preparing for your destiny. And greater works of God. Hallelujah. I still remember, you know, when we came out as speaking to the 95% of those kids received Jesus into their heart. 
so many miracles, signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, there were some kids there living alternate lifestyle. And I remember one kid when I prayed for him. After I prayed for him, he sat up straight like a man. He shook my hands. His voice changed to a strong male voice. Come on. He shook my hand. He said, thanks, Reverend George, for coming because you have changed my life. Can God do it again? I want to ask you, can God do it again? Can God change our youth again? Can God touch our children again? Come on. What about the grandchildren? The worst thing that plagues Europe. The worst thing that plagues Scandinavia is depression. I had not heard that word till we moved to America. I didn't know that word, what it meant, depression. What is depressed? Come on, what is depressed? That I heard oppression and I heard depression. But the moment you go to Scandinavia, you go to Eastern Europe, you hear this word over and over and over again. Everybody's depressed. Children have left their house. They have gone to live by themselves. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Finland is called to be the happiest country in the world. Check out Google if I'm wrong. Do a Google search and you'll find the happiest country on earth is Finland. And yet it's the highest rate of suicides there and drugs over there. And Russia is pumping those drugs through the borders. Come on, 840 miles of border along the Finnish border. And drugs, the cartel, the mafia, come on, the mules are bringing in those drugs. Why? They want to paralyze the youth to destroy the country. There's not one way to kill somebody. Come on. There's more than one way to destroy somebody. What is easier than throwing drugs into somebody's house and making their child a slave of drugs? Let me tell you something. I'm speaking from my heart. I'm not a professional preacher. But I have seen young people being destroyed. I have done so many funerals of young people that I could never reach while they were alive. And it breaks my heart. And I think you have power, church. You have power to change this county. You have the power to change this whole area. You have the power to change the demographics. Because you carry something which your neighbor might not have. And that is the spirit of the most high God. You know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Acts chapter 10 verse 37, 38. And he went about doing what? Let me tell you something. The proof is in the pudding. You can praise your cake all you want. Come on. But bring it to my plate and I'll tell you which one is better. I might not be a good baker, but I'm a good eater. Hallelujah. There's an amen right there. Hallelujah. There's an amen right there. Come on. Woo. Hallelujah. I said the proof is in the pudding. Hallelujah. When God begins to use you, lives begin to change. You have some dreams. Don't die with your dreams. Come on. Begin to thank God for your dreams. And believe God that your dreams, 
even though they're dead, they will be resurrected. Come on. Because they're not a piece of stone. They're not a pebble, but they are a seed. And every seed will resurrect. Hallelujah. Woo. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The worst place to preach is your own home. The worst place is to preach in your Nazareth. The worst place where everybody knows everything about everybody is your hometown. And that's what everybody runs from is their hometown. Nobody knows me. I go where nobody knows me. Then you go there and a neighbor moves in and you find he was your neighbor in the old town. But the Spirit of God, somebody said the Spirit of God, changes you, changes me into another person. God. You know what? Zacchaeus might have been a very short man, a very little man. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. You know that song, right? But he knew something nobody knew. He knew how to climb the biggest tree. Hallelujah. The tallest tree. I don't care what impediments. I don't care what kind of weaknesses you have. But you know, I was watching this precious lady there doing the sign language. While we were singing. I said, wow, there's a gift right here. You believe? Every one of you is gifted in this room. You have something. And I see some bikers here. Hallelujah. Woo! And I used to be a biker. Come on. I had so many motorbikes. I had the worst of accidents. I'm still here in one piece. Hallelujah. There is that world over there that needs God. And some of you know how to make coffee. Some of you know how to bake. Hallelujah. You know what? Your gift, the Bible says in Proverbs, the gift of a man will make room for a man. I say, you might not know how to preach, but you know how to show love to somebody. You know how, how to hug somebody. You know how to say, daughter, I care for you. Son, I care for you. This is not, it's not over. God is a God who allows you turns. God is a God who cares for you. And God is going to restore you. I feel his presence in this room. And some of you have given up because your loved ones gave up on you. Are y'all listening to me? I was in Minneapolis and I went with one of the uh, owners there into this senior living place like an assisted living it wasn't assisted living it was it was the elderly that were always almost like in a inside of an arrest come on because there's nobody to visit them the moment i got in i had gone to visit somebody who had an accident but he was a relative of the owner and these were kenyan people you know african people who owned that and i was ministering in a conference there and i got in and before you know, there were six elderly people chasing me every part of that property in their wheelchairs. 
It didn't matter where I went. And you know what each one of them had? They had a name written on a piece of paper and a photograph. This is my daughter. I haven't seen her for five years. Can you meet her for me? Can you tell her I love her? This is my son who left me here. He pays the money, but he has never come to see me in years. I don't know where he is. If you ever see him, this is his phone number. Can you please reach out for me? Oh my God. I began to see the human worth. <laughs> I began to see the, the worth of human life. How much of wisdom has been locked up inside old nursing homes? Come on, somebody. I speak the truth and I'm not afraid. I stand in any court and say the same thing. Come on. And this money game has destroyed our society, corrupted us and destroying us. Come on. Those grandparents, those parents that could have helped us. They could have been a blessing to our children growing up. You know, today I cry. I weep because I lost my mother before I had my first daughter. She died six days before I, my daughter was born. To this day, I regret it. God, why did you keep her alive? How she would, you know, come and, and rub my wife's belly. And she said, you're going to have a beautiful child. And then, just like that, she was called home. She never got to hug my child. My kids never had the privilege of being raised by grandparents. That's what my son said. Dad, we are so thankful that you are there for us. I'm not a preacher everywhere. In some places, I'm a husband. In some places, I'm a father. In some places, I'm a grandfather. Come on. And in some places, I'm just Steve. It doesn't matter. Titles don't matter. Titles don't matter anything. Come on. Just one thing matters. Who are you in Christ? Because you will find your slot. Hallelujah. And you will become blessing to somebody. Behind smiling faces, there are valleys of shadows of death. Sometimes we have learned to smile so professionally. Come on, somebody. We could do plastic surgery. It's like when we come in the public, we put on a certain face. Come on. But when we go back home, somebody said, when you laugh, the world laughs with you. But when you weep, you weep all alone. And there's nobody there. But I know somebody. And his name is. Come on. His name is. His name is. His name is Jesus. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he promised you, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. We have dreams, right? Anybody has dreams? You have dreams. You have dreams. Don't let the devil destroy those dreams. Because you will be surprised that God can do it again.
Whatever the devil's done to hurt your family, hurt your home, hurt your life. In this little town of Nazareth, where everybody was hurting under the cruel domain of the Roman Empire. They knew what poverty was. They knew what sickness was. They knew what pain was. They knew what it was to see one of their own being crucified on the same cross that Joseph used to make. Jesus saw it up front. He saw it firsthand. Maybe he looked at it on one cross and he said, Dad, who is this going to be? Who's going to go hang on this? He said, I don't know. But Mary knew. Mary knew. That little boy that was feeling that cross. One day he's going to hang on one of these. Come on. She knew deep down in her heart. But why? Why did he take all that pain? Why all that suffering? So that you could be his companion in victory. Hallelujah. That you could be a champion. Hallelujah. He died so you can live. Come on. He died and paid the price. So that you and God together. Three years ago, I had a heart attack. And I was lying down on that table singing. And they're going to put a stent. The German doctor looking into my face was an 84-year young man. Come on. He was fit as a fiddle. Come on. And he's looking at me and looking down with pity on me. Come on. And I was singing and then suddenly he got a little trouble. Why was I singing? Come on. I could die there. He said, why are you singing? I said, because I have nothing to lose. <laughs> Hello, when you lost everything, you have nothing to lose. You are the richest man in the world. Hallelujah. Woo. And he said, if you die on this table, do you want us to resuscitate you? I said, of course. He said, why? I said, because I want to see my grandson. I want to see my granddaughters. My parents didn't have a chance, but I want to. I kept singing. And you know, he told his colleagues, he said, I've never seen such a crazy man before. <laughs> he said, I've never met a man like that who would sing on that table, not knowing in 10 minutes he could be dead. I have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. So stop living like Job's servants. Come on, somebody. All are dead and I'm the last one living. Misery will not follow you. I've come here to break that spirit of misery. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Your oven is loaded with stuff that you haven't used that oven for the last 20 years. Come on. There are spiders having families and extended families inside your oven. Are you all with me? Because you're in misery, the spiders are happy. Come on. Stop living in misery. Tell somebody next to you, I'm never going to live in misery. <laughs> I said, I'm never going to live in misery. I'm more than a champion. Hallelujah. You have no idea who I am. Come on. I'm more than a champion in God. <laughs> Whatever the devil's stolen from you, God is going to bring it back. This is the message. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach glad tidings, good tidings, good news to the poor. 
we finished our meetings in, in, in Scandinavia. In spite of everything, we kept trucking, we kept moving. I told my wife one day when the congestion was so bad, she couldn't sleep all night. I said, we were in Poland. I said, mom, you want to go back? I called her mom. She called me dad. Come on. I said, mom, you want to go back? I can book a ticket for you tomorrow morning. Fly straight back to Houston. She said, no. She said, nothing's going to stop me. She said, we're going together. Come on. We came together and we are going back together. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. And she started getting better. We went to a doctor. He gave us some antibiotics. Come on. And she started getting better. And now she's healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does the psalmist say? The psalmist says, I shall not die. But I shall. Five days, four or five days ago, I was saying this in my sleep. I was saying this in my sleep, not knowing why I was saying it. Why I was saying What was the context? And she tried to wake me. She said, what? Are you saying, I was saying, I shall not die, but I shall live. I shall not die, but I shall live. You know, and the same day I heard the news that my sister died in India. Just after a few hours. So when death came knocking on my door, my sister was taken by surprise. There was no surprise for me. Come on, somebody. I knew that old liar, that old thief, that old murderer. Come on, somebody. That old dragon, I knew that he's up to something. Hallelujah. And even in my sleep, oh, my precious sister, I'm going to be with her in heaven. Come on, somebody. She served the Lord all her life. Hallelujah. And after she died, my nephew wrote to me because I had four sisters. And he said, all the four George girls are having fun in heaven. Stop living in your past. Stop living in misery. Break the spirit of misery. Come on. Open your shades. Hallelujah. Let the sunshine come in. Hallelujah. Turn up the music. Dance a little bit. Hallelujah. Sing a little bit. Worship a little bit. Hallelujah. Say, but I'm not dancing partner for the last 16 years. Come on. Let Jesus become your dancing partner. Come on, somebody. Hold your hand out. He's going to hold them. Come on. Skip a beat. Do a little dance. Sing unto the Lord. Come on. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. And then cook your best meal and invite somebody who's unfortunate. The way to be happy is to make someone happy and have a little heaven down here. You remember the song? I'm happy today. I'm happy today. In Jesus' name, I'm happy today. He's taken all my sins away. And that's why I'm happy today. So, I'm going to close now. But I feel the presence of God is here. I had gone to the border of China. Border of five countries. Myanmar, Tibet, Nepal, Bangladesh, China in that part of Northeast India. And I got a lot of stories to tell you. You know, unfortunately, the time. But maybe another time. Come on. I, I was there. And they told me, I was in Cherapunji, which has the heaviest, highest rainfall in the world. At least it had at that time. 
And I was there, and they told me, the pastor's grandmother is waiting for you. I said, for what? He said, she's going to die. She's 100 years old. Come on, around there. She's waiting for you. I said, what's happening? She said, she says she has a message for you before she dies. And she's not going to die till you see her. I said, okay. So we went there. And I walked into that little house on the mountains. The door opened. I got inside. They turned the lights on. I sat by her bed. She sat up. And she said, a few days ago, a few months ago rather, she said, the Lord came to me in a vision. And he said, do you know my servant Stephen George? And she said, yes. She said, tell him this, this, and this, and the other. <clears throat> the thing that you will go through, the trial, the suffering, the persecution, but you will turn many nations to God. And she said, now I can die in peace because I was told to personally convey the message to you. One week later, she went to heaven. Come on, somebody. And she's still dancing with Jesus today. Hallelujah. But I got the message. Hallelujah. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live and declare the mighty works of God. Hallelujah. 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 I met a hundred and four-year-old young man. Come on. In the, in the New England area. He didn't know God, <coughs> but he was a busy bee. Come on. He always had something to do. I went to see him because the whole town does a fair in his, for him. And there is money to help him. And I found that he does a craftsman. He does little things. He makes little carts, little buggies, little wooden houses, stuff from plywood. His whole house, three stories were full of stuff. And they bring all of that out on that day. And the village comes to buy stuff that he has made with his hand. And I asked him, I said, tell me about your life. He said, my first wife died when, after 30 years of marriage. He said, my second wife died after 25 years after that. And he said, of course, he got married after his first wife died. Then he said, now I have a girlfriend. And I said, man, he's going to kill her too. Come on, somebody. He's only 104. Come on, somebody help me out here. <laughs> and I said, do you know there's a God? He said, I know somebody's up there. I know some. And I said, what is the secret of your life? He says, stay busy. Find your purpose. Do it and you'll stay alive. It doesn't take much to die. Are you all with me? Come on. You can, you can slip over a banana peel and die. You can die with a headache. Come on. And then came this crazy COVID and killed a lot of people. You can die with anything. And somebody said these words. Listen to them very carefully. All men die. But few men really ever live. So make a choice. I'm going to serve God. 
Make up your mind. I'm going to change somebody's life. I have a dream, just like you have a dream. And my dream is one day to have a place where people can come out and I can wash the feet of saints. Come on, somebody. That I can do training seminars, bless people, hallelujah, heal people, love on people, feed them. You know, the broke, busted, and disgusted. Somehow they all find their way to me. Come on. Are you all listening to me? I said, they all find their way to me. Hallelujah. Because somehow they see in their heart some connection. Because I was there where they are right now. And I want to bring them hope. Hallelujah. And I want to turn people into missionaries. Come on. I want to turn mission fields into missionaries. Ooh, people that, that, that are, are living I mean, miserable life, I want to make them champion in Christ. Come on. Hallelujah. And bless them in Jesus' name. So, as I close, I want to ask you a question. How many of you believe God has a plan for you? You believe? The rest of you are an accident. Come on. Turn to somebody and say, not me. I'm not an accident. Come on. I said, I'm not an accident. No, 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 no. I was beautifully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. When I was being created in my mother's womb, come on, I was being created. Hallelujah. How great by God, by the hand of God. I'm not an accident. In all of these 45 years that I've been ministering, probably I've led at least a million souls to God. In five continents. Come on, somebody. Are you all listening to me? Who am I? Nobody. What is my father's house? Nobody. But God can take somebody out of the ashes and turn them into a world changer. Changer. Are you all with me? Come on. Don't fall into the hands of Satan. He'll make you a chimp. Get into the hands of God. He'll make you a champ. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Let the spirit of the champion come upon them. The spirit of the living God come upon your people. Let healing come upon their body, O oh God. And whatever the devil has done to hurt them and their families and their children, oh God, I pray that reversal will begin in Jesus' name. That a reversal will begin, oh God. People will start walking in health. People will start walking in happiness. People will start walking in joy. And people will find their place and their purpose. Hallelujah. I'm breaking the spirit of dementia. I said, I'm breaking the spirit of dementia in the name of Jesus. And I know some people are going through that right now. That the devil wants you to forget all that God has done in your life. Even to forget your identity and who you are. But God is breaking it tonight. In the name of Jesus. No, no, no. You are going to have a good, healthy memory in the name of Jesus. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. You are going to be strong again.
I remember when my niece had an accident and, and she was hit by an SUV. The turn, car turned many times, flipped over. She was a doctor in, in, in Texas, McAllen, Texas. She forgot everything. Two months she was in a coma. When she came out, she was singing nursery rhymes. That's all she remembered. Because memory went away. The only memory she had was when she was a little girl. Singing nursery rhymes in her mother tongue. Then slowly Hindi language came back. And then slowly English came back. Then slowly she remembered after many days that that was her husband. That guy that used to always smile at her by the bedside. That was her husband. And those two were her kids. Come on. And then began to remember things. Memory started coming back. Hallelujah. And now she's in Chicago doing ministry. Hallelujah. Along with her husband. Why I'm trying to tell you this? Because the devil is a thief. Can somebody say amen? He comes to steal. He's still your memory. He's still relationship. He's stealing your loved ones. And after he's done stealing, he's going to kill. And if that's not enough, he wants to destroy your family name. Come on, somebody from the community. But Jesus said, but I have come. I have arrived that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Let's all rise. I want to ask you a question. How many of you feel in your heart God has spoken to you through this message? Yes, yes. Hallelujah. You believe that? You believe God has spoken to your heart? And you're going to take this word. Come on. And you're going to tell somebody about what God spoke to you today. Hallelujah. Because the breakthrough is coming to town. I said a healing is coming to town. A revival fire is coming to town. You know, I went to the SUNY, the State University of New York, and they told me nothing happens here. And I was called there. I don't know why a mistake they called me. Come on. Because after that, they never called me again. And I spoke there, 600 kids from so many nations of the world. And suddenly the power of God hit that place. And young people rolling on the floors, weeping, falling at the altars, repenting, turning to Jesus. Come on. That meeting would not end that night. Come on. Hallelujah. And the Lord told me, they'll never have you again here. But he said, be happy because you've fulfilled your purpose. For this I brought you. You've done what I told you. Hallelujah. And now you can move on because there are many more universities you got to go to. Hallelujah. There's a fire in the house. So how many of you feel God is saying to you, I want you to stop living in misery. And God is telling you, I want you to step out by faith and say, I'm going to recover all. Everything the devil stole from me, my health, my joy, my peace, my memory, my family relationship. I'm going to recover everything which the devil stole from me. I take it back in the name of Jesus because I'm not a product of misery. 